Blog Talk Radio. This is Jay Lethal, the undisputed champion of the wrestling world. This is John Sullivan. It's Babs, I Michael Thompson talking. The phenomenal AJ Styles. This is Jerry Rose. Charles Johnson. Psycho Killer, Kamasa Champa. This is Matt Blair. Thank you for listening to Sportscast Radio. Sportscast Radio. Welcome to Sportscast Radio. Welcome back to uh, round two, even though we're two minutes behind with two of us in the room as we have two NFL teams and two sports are in two different conference finals at the same time. How was that, Jordan? Was that a better opening? That was really good. Very good, in fact. Uh, The only two that we're missing is obviously we're on Monday today. Yes, yes. uh, There's no no Alejandro here tonight. Uh, He'll be here tomorrow in the studio coming back from Chicago. Uh, discussing that, that ROH uh, douche band that he saw. But, hey, we got some sports coming. We're going NFC East here. Uh, in about five to ten minutes here, uh, Kurt Mason, Macyson, I'm going to screw that up so i got to clear it up right when he gets on, from uh, G-Man HQ's coming on, taking the Maxwell Ogden spot of the normal. Talking the New York football giants. Can't wait to do that. Also at 1045, we're talking to Jeremy Klump from inside the Eagles. Talking defending champion, Philadelphia Eagles. Cue the boo sounder. Boo, boo. <laughs> I got I to gotta hate, man. I got to hate. Hey, um, so sports company, are we getting it? Are we getting it here? Can I have my cake and eat it too, Jordan? Possibly. Quite Possibly. We better. We're gonna discuss. We're gonna discuss that a lot. I know I want it. I know you want it. <laughs> I cannot wait. I'm I'm eating the best dinner of my life. Since I did not have dinner yet, so I'm just eating some good Diva chocolate breakfast of champions at dinner at ten o'clock. I was but I want to so say I, a Philly Philly cheesesteak, but ooh, now I'll be taking that, ripping it up, and throw it in the garbage. Saying, <laughs> saying, suck it. <laughs> Um, but I do really, really quick want to bring this up, and I'll bring it up at the start of the show because I think this is something we can Im- implement later in the show. And with with sports betting potentially becoming legal here, um, as close as Iowa could be starting in the next month uh, from the radio I was listening to today, which is tremendous because then we could just travel to Iowa if we really had to. I think... Uh, we we can't do this, you know, the way it should be. But I'm going to keep a running running count here on my on my computer, uh, my secondary computer. Jordan, being we're almost halfway through the year now, uh, we, you know, we're we're five and a half months in. Mm-hmm. We each, as of right now, are going to have a let's just say a metaphorical. We each have ten thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. And every week, we got to place the bet. And if we run out of money, then we don't make it to the end of the year. But we got to try to make it to the end of the year, but we got to make a bet every week. So I'm seeing this right now. Before the show's over, figure out what kind of odds you like for anything going on the rest of the week. 
and let's play some wagers tonight. What do you say? Oh, I like it. We'll, we'll call our, our betting series uh, 2018. I like it. I like now, it. The the um the whole the whole thought process with, behind it is is uh, was from a much more allocated money on a every single day spectrum. So I wanted to tone it down a little bit. So I said only ten G's, but we'll do mm-hmm. it once a week. And then we have we have a nice spectrum of what we want to bet on. We can kind of look ahead. So now we we know okay next week. I want to plan to be able to bet on the Friday Nationals game when Max Scherzer is pitching or something. You know, we can really try to make this work. So I figure we'll just take the show, and before we close tonight, we'll drop our bet, and then we'll, we'll recap next week and see where people go. Um, we should have a minimum amount of what we have to at least bet. Is that fair? 250 250 Okay, so we have to bet at least – so now, if you bet two fifty a week and you continuously lose, you should be able to still make it to the end of the year. I think we should do five hundred then, because okay, then please. even if we lose, we can't cherry pick our way to the end of the year and say I made it. I Is that fair? I absolutely. That's, that's fine. Absolutely. Five hundred makes sense because if you had only a half a year, twenty six weeks. That would be uh, only six grand. So you know, realistically, we could do like a we could do like a five grand with a hundred dollar uh, hundred dollar bet, and then then your your ducats seem a little nicer when uh, you know that growth is there. <laughs> we yeah, I'm cool with that. So so it, well, if we did five thousand and you had to bet a hundred, that's mm-hmm. that would be fifty weeks. Yeah. So so let's say. Let's let's make this let's make this interesting then. You have five thousand dollars, but you yeah. have to spend at least two fifty a week. Because that means in a month is a thousand dollars. You can only drag this out till the end of October if you can't win. Boom. Alright. I'm gonna write this down. So Ryan has five thousand and Jordan has five thousand. I love it. Alright, folks, uh, we are going to we're going to rock and roll this. This is going to be sweet. This is going to be a nice little fun thing throughout the year. Um, Nick Hagberg is out scouting AAA baseball, so we do not have a get-to-know-him this week. It's okay. He gets a free pass. It's a different day, so I don't blame him. Uh, that's just what that guy does, things like that. Um, he's really not scouting AAA baseball. I just forgot to tell him we are on Monday this week. But I wanted him to look better than me failing. <laughs> Oh, so man. that dude, uh, that dude's an insider, uh, insider with the mon- mon- the monologues there, just killing it. Oh man, that dude like hangs out with Buster only and stuff. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> doing the cold so we, read. Yeah. Oh man, right, we gotta get Hagberg a new job. <laughs> We're gonna knock that out. We're gonna talk about the legalized gambling as well later in the show. NBA and NFL playoffs. We'll kind of throw in their final four. Figure out where we think it's gonna come. But Alex is going to tell you guys about the great deer stands we always talk about that you got to get this fall. They're almost out, as we tell you. Alex is talking that. We're taking our first commercial break. When we come back, Kurt's on the line. We are breaking down the New York football giants. This is Sportscast Radio. Looking to get a head start on deer hunting season? Let FML Solutions point you in the right direction. 
Hi, Alex from Strong Style Media here, letting our listeners know Deer Season just got a heck of a lot easier. FML Solutions offer a fantastic deer stand that only takes 30 minutes to assemble and disassembles with no tools required. The best part, though, is its ingenious design allows it to double as a cart to haul your trophy back to the truck. FML Solutions is a made-in-the-USA product manufactured right here in Minnesota. Check out FML Solutions on Facebook by searching FML Solutions INC and visit FMLSolutionsInc.com to learn more about this innovative deer stand. Most people would consider this illegal. 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 What was mere vision suddenly became a reality. When you put a bunch of entities together and you bundle into one giant conglomerate, Baby, you get strong style media. My name is Ryan Cook. I'm the chairman of our company, and I'm here to tell you that each and every week, Sunday through Thursday night, we give you the best in radio. For boxing needs, standing eight count radio. For pro wrestling, we got WrestleCast. We got your sports knowledge covered with SportsCast. You like movies? The pop cultures are where it's at. And for all your local hip-hop, Soda Sound Radio. Make sure to subscribe, like, comment, rate, share, follow everything you got. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Radio Tune, and that more. We are Strong Style. Just respect my conglomerate. Just respect my conglomerate. Just respect my conglomerate. Just respect my conglomerate. You won't see these folks at the post office. They have businesses to run. They have passions to pursue. How do they avoid trips to the post office? Stamps.com. Mail letters. Ship packages. All the services of the post office right on your computer. Get a four-week trial, including postage and a digital scale. Go to Stamps.com today. Hey, Alex Mello here, host of The Pop Culturist on the Strong Style Media Network, inviting you to join myself alongside Half Pint's Kyle Adams as we discuss all the latest news and reviews in movies, music, and television. Check us out every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time here on blogtalkradio.com. Also, you can check out the Pop Culturist archives on Blog Talk Radio, search bar, Strong Style Media, as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, Tune in and Google Play to hear all the eclectic offerings here at Strong Style Media. We are conglomerates. What are we looking at here? Lists all over the safety thing. Third-party background checks for drivers. 24-7 trust and safety team. Critical response line. All right, list. Two can play at this game. What if we had a safe word? What about boba? No. What if you actually wanted boba? It's got to be more exotic. What's your wife's name? Oh, Barbara? Safe words, Barbara. (laughs) I like that. Okay. Kurt, you with us? Yeah, that was uh, <laughs> that was great. 
so I, I usually I set up our commercial blocks, be, you know, day at a time, and we switch. We usually sportscast on Tuesday, and we flip days. And I forgot to make them. And I had my uh, wonderful co-host here, and he said, "Hey, I need to know what's coming after each break. It's going to, uh, de- it's going to change depending what we have for after break." And I said, "Well, Giants after first break." And all right, that's that's what we got was the little Giants. I, I not expect. <laughs> Uh, it was it was either that or the annexation of Puerto Rico. That was uh, that's what it's all about. I that's what I titled that one there. Uh, yeah, no, awesome, awesome to have you on, man. This is gonna be cool. Oh, I'm excited, Kurt. Why don't you uh, introduce yourself to all of our great listeners here? We you, we've had uh, Maxwell Ogden from uh, GMA in the last couple of years, so uh, I want everyone to just kind of get to know you. Yeah, so uh, Kurt Mackison, um, co-expert at uh, GMEN HQ for a couple of years. Now, um, before that, had been, you know, writing uh, for the Giants on um, examiner.com. I've done some work with uh, CBS Local, also in the New York metropolitan area. Um, So, uh, you know, finally, it looks like there's light at the end of the tunnel for us uh, uh, (laughs) after going through what we went through last year. Well, obviously, uh, one thing I want to just jump right into before we we'll, – we'll kind of split it up, talk some offense and defense. So before we get into this offense, a guy that I was a big fan of, did wonders with us, now he's gone your way, Pat Shermer, the new head coach. I think you guys are going to love him. He did wonders with every quarterback that we had in our system. What's the general thought uh, on your guys' side with Shermer as the new – man behind the whistle. Well, it was interesting because, you know, there was sort of that love affair with the Patriots guys that were out there, both uh, Matt Patricia and Josh McDaniel. But I think they got it right. And uh, with hiring Pat Shermer, the interesting thing that Dave Gettleman um, has said a couple times, and Gettleman as general manager of Giants, He's, you know, basically said the adults are back in charge, which, you know, is 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 not um, particularly flattering commentary about the uh, previous regime of, I think both, not just Ben McAdoo but Jerry Reese as well. Um, so they think that uh, Shermer is going to bring not only his coaching acumen to the Giants, but also bring back uh, a level of pride that that we had you know, had gone missing for the last couple of years. You know, I thought that there was going to be a move of Case Keenum following Shermer to be his quarterback. I know Eli is your guys' guy. What's your thought on the whole situation at quarterback? Were you are, – are you on that team, Eli, that you want to try to ride this out another couple of years and see where it goes? Or have you been in the mindset that you want a new signal caller at the, in the helm? I'm I'm planted firmly in the middle somewhere uh, there. It it is interesting. He at times hasn't played well. The other side of the equation is that the offensive line has been in shambles for the better part of, uh, you know, three, four years now. So I think they basically uh, pushed the chips to the middle of the table and said, um, we'll give it a go with Manning. But uh, it's interesting. If it doesn't work out this year, 
then people are going to basically question, you know, what they did in the draft with Saquon Barkley over, you know, Sam Darno or Josh Allen. Um, so it is that is an interesting situation that is going to play out this year because realistically if Manning doesn't put together a decent year this year there really are no more excuses you know for him and Mm -hmm. you know previously I've been on on team Manning but it is also time for him to put up some numbers this year you know you you mentioned a couple things actually that gets me right into this offense one big factor has been that O-line the O-line has been very rough I mean and it doesn't help that there wasn't much of a run game with you know just just some of the some of the names that were were carrying the load with with that team obviously in my opinion I know you know we're we're out of Minnesota so I have you know obviously I have to be a Kirk Cousins enthusiast now I was excited about it but I think you guys really made a a very sneaky impact that not a lot of people are giving you guys enough credit for. I think you deserve it. I'm giving it to you right now. You guys grabbed Nate Soldier away from New England. I thought that was a great move. It gives you a left tackle. You go to the draft. You get a steal in the second round at Will Hernandez, who shouldn't have still been there. That gives your left side a lot of impact right off the bat. Is this O-line put together to help Eli this season? Oh, absolutely. I mean, they had to Gettleman had to get Solder uh, after um, not getting Andrew Norwell, who I think was the team's first target um, in free agency. And once that um, that that Norwell went to Jacksonville and Tom Coughlin, Gettleman rebounded well by getting Solder, but they also paid a lot of money for Solder. He's now Mm -hmm. the highest-paid offensive lineman in the game. So he didn't come cheaply. But it was a necessary move, whereas Jerry Reese kind of have ignored the situation behind the offensive line for so long. At least Gettleman, you know, dove in head first, got Solder. I agree with you that Will Hernandez. Uh, I love the move getting him. Uh, they really haven't had uh, a physical offensive line since Chris Snee and David Deal you know, retired and Sean O'Hara and those guys. Uh, it re- really was put together on uh, shoestring and bubblegum, you know, guys like uh, John, you know, John Jerry. I mean, they did invest in Eric Flowers, but, I mean, I think, you know, at this point in time we can all acknowledge that Eric Flowers is a bust um, with the ninth overall pick. So um, it's not going to be a wish and a prayer anymore. You know, it's Solder, Hernandez. I think they're going to stick Hernandez at left guard. At least that's what Shermer said, although he did hedge his bet and said, hey, we'll move him around. But I'm of the thought process, why give a rookie, you know, multiple assignments, uh, especially if you're going to thrust him into a starting position and what, you know, better place to learn than right, you know, right by Nate Solder. Yeah, I, I think that's the key that you hit right there is you're you're building your future with him being able to learn on the fly next to next to a guy that's tremendous. That's that's obviously gonna be a huge upgrade. I, I love that you guys pulled those plays off. Obviously, second part with what you had said, you talk about the number two pick. Best player in the draft. I mean, this guy is a freak. He might be one of the most most freakish 
running backs I've seen since Adrian Peterson coming out of the draft. But Saquon Barkley is a specimen that deserved to go number one, frankly, if it wasn't the NFL where you just, you know, there's, there's needs and things that happen. Are you all on team Barkley here going in with this season or did you want something different with number two? Well, it really is an interesting question because I mean, let's face it, Barkley plays running back and running backs are not as valuable a commodity in today's NFL that they were, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. So, uh, you know, if you just look at it, and I wrote a few pieces on this, just for argument's sake, he's going to get maybe 20 carries a game. You know, it's not like the old days where it was, you know, 30, 32 carries uh, of 50, maybe 60 offensive plays. Nowadays, you know, we're running 60, 70 offensive plays, per game, per team, and now Barkley will get 20 of those. He'll catch a few balls out of the backfield. But my opinion is that if he's catching a few balls out of the backfield, those are passes that aren't going to Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard, and Odell Beckham either. So um, I think that's more of a safety net more than, than you know, kind of a, a game-breaking situation. It, I mean, it'll play out. He probably was the most talented guy in the 2018 NFL draft. But at the end of the day, he's going to be making, you know, in, in terms of where he falls in the team's salary cap, he's going to be making a significant amount of money um, for a rookie. So we can't look at him as a rookie. Um, I wrote a piece on this. I mean, he's got to come in. And he's got to put together a season, you know, equal or better to Ezekiel Elliott. And, um, well, you know, time will tell. Maybe he can do it. But, I, you know, I think we can't, as folks that follow the Giants, can't shy away from the fact that, you know, this guy is coming in here as a savior because he, he needs to be. He was drafted number two. Um, there are great expectations thrust upon him, and he has to come through. Otherwise, people are going to question, uh, you know, why didn't you grab the future quarterback? You know, and that's that's a good point, too. Is that one of those things, you know, this is just kind of on the fly here. I was thinking about this, but would you have been comfortable hedge betting your, your running backs where you do let Jonathan Stewart, who came from usually having two running backs most of his career, and then – letting letting Wayne Gallman get a little more carries and see if he can develop and play, you know, partially how he did in Clemson and grab Sam Darnold at two? Uh, I might have gone in that direction with Darnold at two um, since he fell there. It was interesting because I had been doing the analysis all along and people actually thought I was crazy. And I said, hey, there's <laughs> from Cleveland that Baker Mayfield may go first. You know, and of course, people got on Facebook, told me I was crazy, and <laughs> just tells you how either I'm crazy or Cleveland's crazy, one or the other. But uh, so Baker Mayfield goes first. I might have opted for Darnold. Um, running back was still a need. Uh, I think you probably, if you know, we'll see a few of these guys, you know, drafted this year, whether it was Nick Chubb or Sony Sony Michael. Uh, you know, put up some decent numbers for, you know, for some teams. 
So it could have been Darnold. But I love what they did with Will Hernandez. So I, I, I guess all in all, you don't want to go backwards. Um, yeah. Unless they went with Barkley. They pushed the chips to the middle of the table. And um, I, I can't criticize Gettleman for doing it. The, the only concern I have is it is a position, you know, where, you know, the average NFL lifespan of a running back is not going to be, you know, more than eight to ten years. You know, yeah, but it's, you, you look at the quarterbacks right. from, from, from 2004 draft, they're all still playing. Hmm. You know, Roethlisberger, <laughs> Manning, and Rivers, they're all playing pretty well. So uh, yeah, hey, hey, and the other thing you have to think about is with the, with Darnold going to the Jets, these two guys, Barkley and Darnold, will be forever linked. Yeah, God, it's it's just it's crazy to think you know back in the day, you know even even you know obviously bust happened, but you know thinking Kajana Carter was the number one pick because running backs were that valuable that. You know, since he went and grabbed a guy that did nothing for him just because he looked so good. And, you know, Barkley falls into that crazy category where he's, he's so talented. You know, you've got all these guys on the board. You're thinking, you know, there's five, six quarterbacks going first round. It's, it's, it's going to reflect on who didn't take one. I think you're 100% right where – we're, man, Barkley's just going to have this wild mystique about it. I love it. It's it's going to be one of the more interesting things this entire year that fully fully wraps me up into this Giants team. Another thing that really may wrap me up into this Giants team, and I've heard so many crazy things about whether it's the division, the money, who knows what's going to happen. Your wide receiver position feels wide open to me. Sterling Shepard coming in there. Odell Beckham obviously coming back. What's the talk? Are you guys comfortable at wide receiver, or is that little birdie named Des Bryant going to show up in camp? Um, I mean, Shepard is a, a legitimate, you know, NFL receiver. He's improved his first two seasons in the league, and I expect big things out of him this year as well. Um, with Beckham, he's playing for his contract. You know, there's always the questions that surround Odell, and I guess it's more or less his commitment to, you know, football, his commitment to controlling his emotions on the field, um, his commitment to the team in general. And um, so it's put up or shut up time for, for Odell Beckham, you know, this season. They brought in Cody Latimer and released Brandon Marshall. Releasing Brandon Marshall was no surprise. Um, The ship had sailed on that. Uh, He came in last year with, uh, you know, a lot of great enthusiasm. I know that he worked hard with Eli Manning to get on the same page. For whatever reason, even before he got injured, it wasn't working. Um, There just was no chemistry there for whatever reason. So Gettleman brought in Cody Latimer from the Denver Broncos, and um, I'm sure Latimer was a disappointment out in Denver. Certainly has a high skill level, and we'll see how he fits in. I'm comfortable with Beckham and Shepard. Depth-wise, there is also Roger Lewis, who I'm not a big fan of. 
and um, you, you know the tight end Evan Ingram. People, you know, kind of put him in Canton on roller skates to uh, steal an old Bill Parcells uh, line. Uh, I think Evan Ingram is a very talented player, but I also know that he's not a very efficient player. He caught around 50% of his targets last year, whereas you look at Sterling Shepard, he was in in the 70% range of catching um, targets from Manning. So, you know, you can't make the argument that Manning is inaccurate if, you know, he's reaching one guy 70% of the time and the other guy 50% of the time. Um, I'm a little concerned about Evan Ingram. Hopefully he doesn't have Reuben Randall disease, meaning that you don't know how to run <laughs> NFL routes, you know. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, you, you know, the one thing when they drafted Evan Ingram last year and everybody jumps on, everybody's now a football analyst, and he's going to create – he's a tight end, he's going to create <laughs> mismatches, right? I mean, yep. what does that really mean? He's going to create mismatches. <laughs> uh, he's going to create them. <laughs> he's going to create them uh, just strictly by his presence. <laughs> you know, yeah, hey, the guy runs a four, like a four, four, two, forty at tight end. But you know what? I, I guess I'm old school. I, I thought they underutilized Rhett Ellison yeah! last year. Let's go. Get, well, guess what? <laughs> Ellison had like seven catches. I'm thinking back now, the time Ben McAdoo was there. When McAdoo got fired, he had like 10 catches in the final four games um, (laughs) where they started to use him as a pass receiver. And obviously he's a better blocker than Ingram. So um, I'm on um, on Team Ellison. Um, (laughs) But uh, uh, hopefully uh, Pat Shermer will be as well. and we'll see we'll see what they get out of Evan Ingram. I mean, heck, he he could just be that you know, red zone threat unless he improves tremendously as a blocker. Hmm. You know, uh you know, we're going to switch sides here, go on the defense. Uh what do you think the situation is going to be? You're going in as the second worst D in the league, uh giving up most passing yards. Uh-oh, yeah, that's short? so ungiants like I can't even fathom <laughs> thinking about that um, because you know typically you know the teams were were usually built around defense and and just and had a good enough offense to complement the defense and you know I, I look at it there was the blip of you know 2016 when they made the playoffs and that was a blip. Because the years before that, they had really had um, little talent on the defense. You know, in Coughlin's last years, um, he should have sued for, you know, lack of support uh, from the front <laughs> office. I mean, it was it was pathetic. I remember Craig Dahl, like, was their starting free safety. It was – and Brandon um, Merriweather. Like, they – you know, it was like, hey, hey, you know, they have the guy – you know, with the sign at the corner, you know, and it'd say, do you want to play safety for the Giants this weekend and call this number? And it, it was it was bad. I just remember uh, the game against Seattle and how they were just abused by, you know, the Seahawks running game. Um, and then Reese, you know, 
Jerry Reese, the former GM, invested two hundred million, got guys like Olivier Vernon, you know, into the fold, Janoris Jenkins and, and Damon Harrison, and they turned out to be pretty good signings. Um, although I think Harrison's contract and, and based on what the Giants did in the draft, um, he may be looking at a buyout next year. But I think overall, defensively, you know, with Gettleman coming in, and the first thing he does, he pulls the trigger on the Alec Ogletree trade, says, hey, you know, <laughs> Giants used to be known for the linebackers, and then Jerry Reese for years ignored the position. And then for Gettleman to come back in and say, hey, linebacker is important to us. Um, and they also drafted Lorenzo Carter out of Georgia. Um, so I think, and Kareem Martin is, you know, being brought over from Arizona um, along with the new defensive coordinator, um, James Betcher. So I think they're, you know, I think they're improved on defense for sure. Um, interesting thing was, you know, around these parts after the Ogletree trade was the trade of Jason Pierre-Paul, you know, to Tampa Bay and getting a third-round pick for him kind of signaled the end of the 4-3 uh, defensive scheme and then Betcher's new 3-4 defensive scheme is going to be implemented this year. So it's, okay. it's going to be uh, some learning on the fly. I'm interested to see how Olivier Vernon adjusts specifically to the new defensive scheme. You know, speaking of the defensive scheme, I think I read uh, it's going to be a, a shoot first, ask questions later is what I, what I hear. Uh, what do you think? What do you think? Like that's going to be the, the business there. I mean, I think uh, right now, you know, you're obviously the three four. Um, you know, your 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 ends are all looking pretty solid. It's that linebacker core, and, and like you said, you pulled the trigger on Ogletree. Uh, do you? I'm hearing good things about him at some of these camps. What, what, what are you? Uh, what are you hearing just individually on him? That uh, that he's going to bring a presence to this defense that maybe hasn't been there uh, in a long time, and that's kind of a physical presence that we really unusually haven't seen out of a Giants defense um, for a number of years. Uh, Isaac they, they, no, I <laughs> What's that? <laughs> I went Buffalo. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I, you know, it's, uh, again, yeah, and that's going to be interesting. I'm excited to see him. Uh, something that surprised me, obviously, coming up is, uh, you know, you sign Josh Morrow as a one-year free agent to kind of solidify some of that D-line. Uh, come to have it, you know, he gets popped for the potential PED, and now you're looking at a four-game suspension. Is that going to make a big difference off the, uh, the those first four games for you? You know, they knew – that he was going to be suspended when they signed him. And unusually the Giants invested um, several draft picks on the defensive line. So it seems to me like there's going to be a, a pretty big rotation um, going on there, that uh, that is one thing that Betcher that is going to, you know, emphasize is, is a full rotation there. Um, but there's no – you know, JPP uh, either. So, it, you know, it's all yet to be determined. But, um, you know, I think it is going to be interesting to see how all these pieces fall into place because no doubt the team, the roster in general, especially on the defensive side of the ball, is better. At this point, it's just seeing how these pieces fall in. And from what I see, you know, Dave Gettleman is leaving no stone unturned 
as far as um, you know recreating this roster. So um, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of good, healthy competition at the training camp level, and we'll see how it uh, manifests itself as they enter into the regular season. Yeah, you know, speaking of uh, competition, I was looking at the uh, the cornerback depth chart. Uh, picked up three free agents there. Uh, it looks like an all super young squad, all uh, between uh, you know 15, 16, and 18 draft picks in there. Um, do you think that's going to be another kind of rotating thing? You're going to see a lot of a lot of cornerback switching, or are some of these guys anybody going to be switching that you're seeing going maybe one of the safety positions there? Well, they did bring in William Gay, and and from, from what I hear, he looks like he may be the front runner for the slot corner position. So, you know, he's a veteran that they brought in. They're putting a lot of stock in the resurgence of Eli Apple, for sure. Um, Jenkins is coming back. Janoris Jenkins is coming back off of injury. Uh, and if he's healthy, he's going to be an all-pro corner. Um, so that means that they're putting a lot of faith in the fact that uh, Eli Apple will grow up and become, you know, the player they thought he would be when they drafted him 10th. Um, as, you know, as far as some of the other guys, you know, Gettleman's doing it through volume for sure. Um, there's not as much emphasis uh, unusually uh, outside of Apple and Jenkins in the cornerback position, I think there was more emphasis on the defensive line. So it, it seems to me, you know, you guys, you know, talked about a shoot first, ask questions later. I think that, <laughs> I think pressure the quarterback is, you know, is going to be the story that carries the day for the for the defense. And I think if these corners they can find serviceable serviceable cornerbacks, I think that's the scheme there. The other hole out there, I mean, Landon Collins is coming back, had to have a second surgery on his broken forearm, um, should be back, ready to go for training camp. Um, he's obviously an important part of the defense. And they're still, you know, have high hopes for uh, Darian Thompson, who was a draft pick out of Boise State, who went through some injury problems, they like his intelligence in terms of um, being a field general back there with Landon Collins. Um, you know, I think that's also a question mark, though, is that other safety position opposite um, Landon Collins. So they do have some question marks. To answer the question, they do have some question marks, you know, in the secondary, predominantly the second safety position, and then will Eli Apple be the player uh, that they think he should be? And if he's not, you know, who's that, you know, who's going to emerge from that group of young, you know, cornerbacks um, to become a starter? No, absolutely. You know, uh, I was just looking at just the first four games and you're talking about, uh, you know, getting to quarterbacks. Uh, you know, you got to obviously open up against the Jags. You're going to have the Cowboys. No, obviously not a, not exactly an easy, uh, easy line to get that there. So it's going to be interesting to see. Um, when you get to Drew Brees, what uh, what kind of what kind of shape the defense is really going to be in with that three four? And I think that's going to tell the tell the big tale, don't you? Absolutely, and I I think it's also going to be for the you know the holdover players. It is going to be a change of you know mindset, you know completely. I think that's what Betcher 
is going to have to bring to the table, at least initially, um, that, that the team can – it just seemed like, you know, in previous years there was mistake compounded by mistake compounded by mistake. And I think when you play the high-pressure defense, you're going to have your fair share of, you know, mistakes. But I also think that, you know, if things come together, they could basically turn over teams – you know, at a more regular basis than than what the Giants did in, you know, the previous four or five years, you know, as well. Spagnuolo did a decent job with the defense. There wasn't enough personnel there. But I, I just think it's more, you know, the philosophy now is more the character of the Giants than it had been previously, um, where, you know, it's physical, um, you know, it's pressure on the quarterback, and that's what Giants teams have been known for, as well as some improved linebacker play. So I'm really interested to see, you know, how these pieces fall in place, you know, throughout training camp and to see, you know, who the 11 starters ultimately end up being, you know, for the first game of the season. So before we wrap this up, Kurt, I got one question I got to ask you that we ask everybody. If you had to throw it at a dartboard, put the money on it, how do you think the team finishes record-wise? Um, you know, in, in the division with, you know, the defending world champions and the Eagles, we all, you know, in this part of the country, we don't really have to get used to that, um, that the Eagles are, you know, world champions because, you know, the thought process there was that uh, – we always threw that in their face when, when, when they beat us. So, uh, yeah, but you never won a Super Bowl. Um, oh, that hurts here, too, man. That hurts here, too. <laughs> so, uh, I, you know, I think the interesting thing, I think the team is better than the Redskins. So the real competition here is that the Eagles are going to be, you know, obviously uh, defending world champions, and they're going to be the ones to knock off in the division. Are these Giants right here, right now, better than the Cowboys? And that is going to be – and I, I don't have an answer for that question right now. If they are, then I can definitely see and, – and Saquon Barkley gets his 1,600 yards and his 14 touchdowns. I can definitely see 10-6 and six in a wild card. Um, the other side of the equation is if – if, you know, the brass isn't right about Manning, and he suffers through an injury or an um, interception play gear. Boy, they could go, you know, seven and nine, you know, very easily. So I think it's a, a kind of a little bit of a blank canvas. But, um, you know, if things come together, and, and, and I think, and I'm hedging my bet because, you know, for far too long, you know, in these parts, you know, we were told, you know, like Eric Flowers, yeah, he's improving. And Bobby Hart, you know, even though he's a six-round pick, he's going to be one of the best, you know, right tackles in the game. There's been a lot of, you know, wish and a prayer, you know, kind of development for uh, some of these players. And um, so I'm, I'm at the point where it's like, show me on the field. And mm -hmm. uh, so it's going to depend. If, if, if I, I can very – much see a, a 10 and six, you know, wild card season. And then on the other hand, I can also see a seven and nine 
hey, you know, we still need improvement in certain areas, um, you know, for the Giants. But I think it'll either it'll come together quickly, you, you know, as you were talking about out of the gate with the first four games, we'll we'll get a good sense of where this team is. I, I think definitely too. I can I can say as we wrap up, this might be one of the one of the better teams that I've ever seen pick at the number two slot. So I think that's a definite positive going forward. Uh, Kurt, thanks so much for coming on, chatting with us. Love talking football. Uh, plug everything you got for all of our listeners where they can read your stuff, interact the whole nine yards. Yeah, well, I'm on Twitter at uh, KurtMac23, C-U-R-T-M-A-C-2-3 um, is my Twitter handle. And um, right on a regular basis, regular basis for fan-sided. And the Giants uh, site is called HQ. Um, so you can find me on gmenhq.com um, for whatever you need to know about the Giants. I, I, what I try to do is, um, you know, give, you know, my opinions and thought other than just reporting stuff that's going on with the team. Um, I, I try to splice in some you know, observations from what we've seen with, you know, previous teams, previous uh, front office moves and ownership. So I try to keep it lively. We love to hear it. Kurt, we'll be in touch, man. We'll have to talk to you again because I'm really intrigued about this team. Thanks for coming on tonight. It should be interesting, guys. Thanks for having me. All right, guys, that was Kurt Mackinson talking from Gman HQ. Uh, we're going to go to our second commercial break. When we come back, uh, we keep keep knocking them down. Uh, Jeremy Clump should be calling in shortly, I believe, so we're going to hit that break, come back. We're moving in to the defending champion, Philadelphia Eagles. This is Sportscast Radio. Your late-night hip-hop and R&B podcast, Soda Sound Radio, hosted by Kyle Halffine Adams. Every Thursday night, right here on the Strong Style Media Network, catch up on your latest on hip-hop and R&B, and hear Minnesota talent at 10 p.m. Central. But if you trust the way I feel, I won't fold from the cards that you deal. Let's journey life together and make it worthwhile. Can't take it back like time See, my life is like a movie, no rewinding. Killing mics like I got a license. Oh, my belief don't have religion, just a higher power. Who power? I'm not so happy with it. But I take a breath, regain my power, check my feet when I'm walking to see if it ain't. I've seen it all more than I care to reveal. I'm always sure to clear the air for the real. That's why I'm aiming at the grill, man, because it's how I feel. Nobody being sincere. We need some changes for real. Again, that's Thursdays right here on the Strong Style Media Network. Thursdays at 10 p.m. Central. And if you're a musician, you want to get your music heard on the show, send the MP3 over to Soda Sound at strongstylemedia.com. Enut. Enut. This right here is Alpha Brain. I just drank some of this in a shake. I got to tell you right now, I couldn't be more clear. You're Clarity. 50, so I use it. I don't do anything without it. I'm addicted I, to I it. I know, but I'm 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 48, but I feel like I'm 26. I have a boner right now. I have so much energy. Like I actually, I, I'm I'm. I took an Alpha Brain. I never do. I I want to fight you. I want to fight you. I want to go, chin down, and I want to bang bang. Oh my. 
Hey, I'm Dr. Afkin. What's up? He's been distraught ever since his friend smoked him last week in fantasy football. Now he's grabbed this post and he won't respond. He's got Luzonic plays. What is... He's a loser. He's not a loser. Okay, he's a loser. What can he do? With DraftKings, he could have easily challenged his friend to a rematch. I can't... What are you... I can't see that. You need glasses. I'm also an optometrist. At DraftKings, you can play free private contests whenever you want. Strong Style Media presents Sportscast Radio, the one that started it all. With your host, Ryan Cook, and me, Jordan Jiskra. We're going to be giving you everything, and I mean everything from baseball, football, basketball, hockey, field hockey, soccer, bobsled, survivor, even that weird sport where they do the hurdles and jump puddles in track and field. All right, maybe not that one, but from the college to the pros and from the rings to the rink, we've got you covered. Sportscast Radio. I, I threw some stuff together. I was excited. See, you know what? You know what is I, I like about doing like I have Elijah do the same thing now with standing a count. Is he gives me the commercials? It makes life so much easier when I'm not going. Okay, what commercials haven't I used yet? And I'm sitting there going through like iTunes and looking at stuff. It not only does it make my life easier putting these shows together, but then it's it's such a variety because it's not me just playing the same things we've listened to. I love it. I love it. I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I may even start doing it this way each week because then I don't know what we're going to play. And now I'm getting caught off guard like this. This has been fantastic. So <laughs> you may see me asking you to, hey, go ahead and uh, keep throwing these in there and I'll get them uploaded because we love our East Coast family. Well, most of it. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Just waiting to, waiting to see on Jeremy here. So, uh, you know, Eagles fans might need their rest. He might have fell asleep. Uh, or he might be trolling us because we're in Minnesota and, you know, Eagles fans throw beers at us and troll us. So, uh, it, <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry, man. man. I'm, still butt- I'm still butthurt. What do you want? I what do you want from me? But here's, the, I mean, the, the fans, the fans suck. But the game itself, nobody to blame but ourselves, man. They, I mean, they, they put it on us. We did nothing. Yeah. We, we, went, we went fetal position and said, ah, I'm done. <laughs> I took a nap at the party I was at. I, I sprawled out on the love seat and fell asleep after eating, uh, after eating a hot dog and some, some, uh, those little barbecue meatballs. <laughs> I think I went and just started playing pull tabs, and then I won. I was like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That was no good. No good. Dang. <laughs> Mike, shout out to Michael Whitlow, our guy. Mike, we may be seeing it all in. Uh, he couldn't get tickets, so he's trying to figure this out. Um, I was trying so hard to get him a ticket, and uh, I just couldn't get him one. But uh, he just said, Kevin Durant trying to recruit Anthony Davis in 2021 after they signed Thor, LeBron, and 2 Chains. And then there's a picture of Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, that's nuts! It, it says uh, if he could be turned, he would become a powerful ally. <laughs> oh my God! So, so with with um, with the sports 
sports betting. Let's go into the sports betting because that's one that we can break away from at any time. Yeah. Obviously, um, as we're but you can't. Excited, no, I'm just I can't. Stop. You know, every um, what was what was that coordinator he uh, uh, Kurt kept talking about? Um, it started with a B. Uh, I don't know uh, why. Betcher, Betcher. Yeah, I, I kept in my head every time he said it, I kept going bet your bottom dollar in my head. And I was giggling to myself like, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> bad jokes. Yeah, you know, uh, he's never heard that one before. Ah, don't shut <laughs> <don't. laughs> Oh my god, that's funny. Meanwhile, fans are thinking. Why not, Doug? Who's trying to keep on now, dickhead? Idiot. So, with with the whole betting thing that we're gonna do, uh, real quick, what what do we want to use? Um, what what do we want to use for our our odds? Like we should we should establish one source that we use, so we're not. Well, I can get this on this, or I can get that on that. Do we want to use like Odd Shark? Is that like is that a good one? I think we we can use Odd Shark. Otherwise, um, yeah, I'm gonna try to Google it. But so you you brought it to the forefront while I'm googling this here. Break down this whole, you know, obviously the New Jersey was seven to two on the boat, but break down this whole scenario that went down today that literally went in everybody's favor, including Adam Silver, the NBA, who's all on board for this as well. Uh, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it was a Supreme Court ruling, uh, essentially, that affected a bill that went in place um, in 1992. Uh, George H.W. signed it in. Um, essentially, uh, Nevada was the only state that already had sports betting, um, and then a couple others were already limited betting, were grandfathered in. But it essentially made it so you couldn't, uh, put, couldn't do it. Um, now, this decision was a 6-3 uh, decision, essentially declaring it unconstitutional to the states itself, saying, you know, it's the state's right if they want to have sports gambling or not. Um, and now states are going to be able to establish their own, uh, their own rules on it, whether or not they want it. Um, similar to, um, I guess it hasn't officially happened yet, but uh, like the marijuana laws where they're still targeting it federally and some states are choosing not to. So it's going to be that kind of route. Uh, obviously, a few states is already ahead of the game. Uh, I would say, I think West Virginia, Mississippi, um, gosh, I, the other escapes me at this time. But they had laws that essentially said, if the federal government says, eh, it's all right, we can do it, is kind of what the bill says. So now <laughs> I think they got to establish their, their actual, I know Jersey's probably the closest in regards to they, you know, they were going to go forward with it, but the the NFL uh, lawyers and lobby kind of kicked in on that one. Uh, another reason for me to dislike uh, Roger Goodell if I didn't already need one. Um, so it, it's it's going to be pretty interesting. Um, you know, one thing too, New Jersey said they may have this thing up and running before the uh, NBA and the NHL, the NBA Finals and the Stanley Cup Finals start. So they're yeah. they're rocking and rolling. Um, you know, as kind of mentioned, Pennsylvania, Delaware, Mississippi, New York all right there doing it, uh, as well as Iowa, I guess, is right on the fence as being a team that is going, or a team, a state that's going to have this pulled off right <laughs> off the bat. Uh, uh, Iowa, that's, that, that'd be the day they'd get a team. 
<laughs> yeah, I'll tell you flat out. I'm I'm officially excited to go to Iowa if that happens and we haven't got it here. Now, you you know as you mentioned, there's five days left in the in the, the the what the voting period for the bills or whatever here. Yep. In so, the uh, state legislature. So now, you know that ends on Friday or as then. What? So when can they re resurface this? When, is, at least in Minnesota here, can they bring this back to the forefront? Well, you know, obviously it's it's going to be a voting year, so you're going to hear a lot of people's uh, potential plans going into um, going into the midterms here. So you'll you'll you you might hear it come up, kind of try to drum up some support from the average uh, bar guy. Um, you know, the Minnesota being you know still very blue collar, it's going to going to affect a lot of the the lower and middle class to be honest um and, and those are the guys that are going to get in there right? you know you don't uh you don't hear too many uh the white collar guys saying hey uh check out my bovado you know so um <laughs> and, and even so if they if they take the hit it's not it's not as much so it's going to be kind of a hot button issue too because if you look at some of those uh some of those the negatives that people connotate when it, when you hear about gambling um you know, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens in, in ours. You know, we're, we're always kind of uh, vanilla when it comes to some of, some of our choices, um, even going to some of the medical marijuana issues that are currently under, uh, under check in, in the state. You know, and, and I'm, I'm hoping, too, that, uh, you know, that we can, we can get this straight now because, you know, Hagberg actually might be writing up a piece for the, the website uh, he's so thrilled about this. Um, he was talking that, that somebody already showed up today uh, to basically bring it up. I don't know if there was a full bill lined up on it, but he was he was doing some research and talking to some people at, at the university he goes to. And the the main reason why they even were allowed to – they like allowed to discuss it and it got brought up um, this close to the end of the, you know, end of the term, as you put it, is because of the factual amount of revenue that this could garner having this set up for the football season. Um, you know, with, if you have casinos there in this state that can, that can gamble and bet on NFL games, I mean, there's so much money that you guys, are, that the state could pull in. You know, I, I mentioned in the group chat that Staples Center is planning on opening the doors at noon um, on game days to allow betting. There's also supposedly going to be betting from your seat um, that, that the seats that have the ability to like order food and stuff may have the ability to place bets with your waiter too. So it sounds like these stadiums are going to be going all in on this too. Um, and that, that comes straight from ESPN Los Angeles who basically runs their shows next to Staples Center. So they've, they've talked to numerous Staples Center employees today that say there's already plans in place. So this sounds like something that may be coming quicker than, than not. Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, it's, it's, I think it will. I, you know, the, I think one of the articles I said is they read as, as many as 10% of the states, obviously Vegas already being one that knocks in another nine. Uh, you know, like uh, it could be, it could be really, really interesting as far as, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, up to nine if you count the jersey ones uh, and, and all of the ones that are already essentially pre uh, ready to roll. Um, I, I do. I, I think Minnesota gets on this one a, a lot quicker than we think. We're going to have the final four here. Obviously, one of the most 
bedded items in the uh, actually I think one of the biggest weeks or weekends in Las Vegas as far as be- betting and gambling goes and then we're going to be hosting one at one of the newest greatest venues that th- that there are uh, yeah it's, it's it, it makes sense I, it'll definitely be talked about if if not this year uh, probably early next just for that for that sake alone yeah and, and that's the one thing too a lot of people talk about is you know Vegas accrues so much money from tourism just getting there because you you know you're there the first two days of the tournament you get to bet on 32 games I mean who doesn't want to do that yeah. um, I can't wait I hope it happens I mean this is this is I know it's I know it's something that obviously isn't the you know the the be all end all with with a lot of the stuff but I mean <laughs> I'm not gonna lie I I mean I I I used Bitcoin to gamble overseas on sports and I have nothing to hide. And it, I love doing it. I, I spend most of my Vegas trips sitting at planet Hollywood in one of those nice chairs with, with a drink in my hand and just sitting for six hours watching these games. I mean, I love, I love it. It just makes it so much more interactive. And I think if I'm some of these, these, you know, especially like a guy like Rob Manfred, who runs the the MLB baseball has taken such a hit in popularity lately. Why not jump on board, endorse this and try to get some, you know, give us a run line. You know, every game is just plus or minus one and a half. You know, everything is the same in that. You know, I I don't think a league itself will explicitly put that up. Well, well, talk to Adam Silver about that. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, I don't think. But that's the thing is he will embrace it. But remember, he's still he, one of the biggest comments in that in that 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 discussion was the integrity of the game, and that's something you have to maintain. If you're allowing it literally, literally at the game that they're they're going on on the game that they're going on, or by the team like that 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 there's too many checks and balances that couldn't that that I don't like there, especially when it comes to the tanking. Uh, I, I I that's something that I, I doubt the NBA will endorse. I well, I'll I'll say I'll say 100% that I don't I I think people that think that they're going to sabotage games are idiots. I really do. You know, you look at the, the you know Adam Silver, I mean this came out today LA Times. He's been he, he said flat out, I've been preparing to embrace legalized sports betting in our sport for years, and I embrace the fans to have a better opportunity. Uh, he's, he's all for it. I mean, there's nothing negative in this article I'm reading that he's quoted in all over. He says there's 118 countries that are allowed to be gambling on our sport. Why should our, our fans not be able to do it themselves? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. He's, but he's not he, saying let's, let's open up a bookie shop ourselves. Let's not have an NBA-ran bookie shop. No, I agree with that, but you know, okay, so so you know, we go to the Target Center, we can't bet on the game we're doing. Well, that's fine. Yeah, like I said, I just I think it's all going to be third parties. It's going to be it's just going to be private business uh, and survival of the fittest. Do you think like DraftKings is already going to be uh, a big proponent of it? FanDuel will be a big proponent of it. So I mean, there there'll be these are going to be the companies that are going to jump out. Um, you'll see maybe maybe. Uh, Maybe the NBA or the league will have, will endorse one, so to speak, or sponsor one. I, maybe they can pay for it, or rather, the team will. It, it, that's where it, that's maybe the the closest it can get is maybe a sponsorship. Well, I can't here's imagine. the other thing, though. 
you, you got to look at this too. The the league minimum for players in the NBA is like five hundred k. Nobody's tanking in the NBA. You know, I think for draft picks. Oh, well, that's never going to that that yeah, but that's going to be a problem regardless of betting or not betting. Oh, they already absolutely. changed. They already changed the rules this year that if you finish in the bottom five, I think it is, you have the exact same odds as the number one or the worst record. So they've already switched it. And he said if teams are going to continue to tank, he'll make it even worse. Or, you know, a team that finishes 10th could have the same odds as the fourth team. So he's handling that great. I mean, he's already basically telling the teams, look, you if you're Phoenix and you suck or Sacramento and you suck, I apologize because you're – you know, that's not what I'm saying. He's, he's saying, we're all calling those teams out, but we all know they suck for years. But, you know, when Phillies embrace the process, you know, he's, he's a proprietor. You know, they're a proprietor saying it works. And that's part of the reason, I'm not going to lie, after thinking about it, I'm kind of glad Philly didn't, didn't beat Boston. Why do we want to celebrate and, and rejoice over a team that embraced a losing culture on their fans? That's not fair to your fan base. I don't think they did a necessarily brought like they brought a losing culture to the fan base, but they didn't tell oh them. Oh my god! It. Look at look at some of the players that they played in some of those games. A couple or a couple years ago, when when they were going for that number one pick to get Joel oh, Embiid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I, they, yeah, they I, was say, I thought you were like I was like, oh, yeah, no, they, yeah, they made them suffer. Yeah, absolutely. Players playing. They have five D leaguers playing forty minutes and all of their starters are in suits, that is them basically yeah. telling you, we are tanking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's yeah. No, yeah. no, absolutely. Uh, speaking of getting tanked, uh, do you, you see the score to get in tonight's game? 116-109, I believe, was the score. 119-106. Had those numbers backwards. I knew they could flip upside down, but I, I apparently got them the wrong way. And Kevin Durant... Or- Steph Curry had gone a long stretch without scoring, and they still did it. Look, if Golden State's going to stay focused and not screw around, I don't, I don't know if you, you know, and Chris Paul, your boy, good God Almighty, did he not have a game at all? Um, Harden might have to score sixty points here if they're going to try to win this series because Chris Paul showed why he's never played in the conference finals. His game was bad. <laughs> I mean, now, you know, was... I, hey, I, I, that's that's very true. But he, he was still on the court, and uh, even though he got uh, 17 shots and only eight, uh, only eight, and only eight hits with that, he did get 11 rebounds out of the deal. Uh, no, like James. Pardon? Oh, I'll say no, but that's 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 good, you know. You know, but but that's also bad when your when your point guard has almost double the amount of rebounds as your center, who is your number two uh, rebounder. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, it's been uh, been interesting. I'm uh, God, man. I I am really sad that I completely spaced that this game was going on tonight. Otherwise, I would have had this on in the background instead of watching uh, like Bagger Vance or something, or like the greatest game ever ever done. I one of the one of the like golf movies. I can't remember which one it is. Uh, it's not Tin Cup. I know that. Uh, <laughs> Legend of Beggar Vance, it's going to be a lean night. Did you watch Dr. Uh, Javon too? <laughs> oh, man. Maybe, maybe. Um, it's, uh, but yeah, no, I, you look at that team, though. I mean, you know, I, 
the depth is not I, I still say the depth wasn't there to begin with. You know, they you know, even at the at the eight man level that the that a uh playoff team plays, you know, a eight man rotation, they don't got a strong a stronger eight than 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 Golden State. No. And and even, you know, you look at Golden State played nine guys today, but David West only played four minutes. You know, I mean that was that was just and they did what they did when they beat up on Cleveland. They started, uh, you know, Iguodala in there and really didn't have any type of a center. <laughs> you know what I mean? They they, they just kind of ran around. And, and this is why the team is so good. Most most of these most of these all-NBA players, everyone's got to get their shots. Draymond Green took five shots. You know, I don't think you can tell me another top 10, top 15 player in the NBA that would be happy taking only five shots except for those four on this team. Yeah. That's why no, I, it's incredible. I, I still, I know the narrative is, is, whoa, you know, it's different ball. This team is still one of the greatest basketball teams ever put together because they're yeah. unselfish. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I 100% agree, you know, and that's, I, and obviously, I mean, I don't know what you're going to do. I, you know, actually, now that I look at these stats, I'm actually kind of intrigued. Capella was six for seven. Why yeah. don't they keep beating Capella? Here, I don't know. I mean, you know, he's six for seven. Harden had seven assists. That's usually his go-to. He could have been the only one feeding him. Yeah. I mean that, and I'm that just... that's a problem when when you're you know he's the only guy feeding that big. Gosh, I mean, and look at those numbers. Trevor Ariza goes minus five. PJ Tucker's a minus eight. Capella's a minus three. Hall and partner, Harl and oh, haha, Paul and Harden. I kept screwing that up. Both minus seven. Luke Richard and Bob Mute and, and Eric Gordon, who are two guys that usually come in and do a lot off that bench. Minus fourteen, minus ten. <laughs> they only had one guy in the plus, and it was Nene. The Nay Hilarious one. <laughs> you know why he did that? Because like Vin Diesel said, this is Brazil. Oh man, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty stoked. I'm pretty happy with that outcome. Obviously, uh, you know, even, uh, he even threw up 24, 24 shots, shot 50, a little over 50 percent there. I mean, anytime you get him shooting and missing it, it makes me happy. Four turnovers. <laughs> four turnovers. That's big too. I mean, you know, the only, the only other person with more turnovers than him was uh, actually Eric Gordon. I was gonna say LeBron on Sunday. LeBron James, man. <laughs> LeBron had seven turnovers. Mm. Oh my! Look, Brad Stevens is—he uh, he is just a genius. He yeah, did. You know, Toronto didn't do, and it was—it's the easiest thing ever known. We're going to double and triple team him, make him pass the ball, and we're going to make the rest of the team beat us. The rest of the team sucks. They get beat by 25 or so. It's, oh, yeah. you know, it's, I mean, it's not rocket science at all. Yeah, you know, uh, it's it's really interesting. Obviously, again, you, you look at that, and then you think uh, Dwayne Casey just got canned, uh, being the NBA coach of the year, and then getting canned after getting swept by LeBron. Uh, and then he gets you know manhandled his first game. Uh, LeBron, uh, I was uh, I was kind of curious how many uh, how many coaches were immediately fired <laughs> immediately fired after getting swept or beaten by LeBron James in the playoffs. Do you have a number by any chance? I do not. 
I do. <laughs> I do. Seven. Do you? Uh, so that's actually technically technically it's uh, it's five officially, and then technically it's six uh, if you include Jason Kidd, who uh, obviously got you know uh, uh, go, but he left the Nets to go coach the Bucks. So. Um, I don't know if that was like a him, you know, mutual decision or if it was a, oh, you're going to get fired anyway. Let's let you just move kind of thing. Uh, so do you want to take a shot at the other five? Oh, my god! Four. Four, including Dwayne Casey. So, or so five, including Dwayne, Dwayne Casey. So you have one. So we have Dwayne Casey. Well, Jason yep. Kidd, obviously, you mentioned. Yep, but he doesn't count. Um, so I'm saying the other, the other four. Is Fred Hoiberg one? He is not. Oof, I was thinking, I don't know if he coached. What about Tom Thibodeau? No, Tim he was definitely. Yeah, no, he was after okay. a 4-2 loss uh, in uh, 2015. Um, Stan Van Gundy? No. Ooh, I was That'd thinking a of good Detroit. Guess, though. Yeah. Um, or Orlando. Hmm. Uh, what about Scott Brooks on the Thunder? No. No, Damn. this is a, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll give you, I'll give you a right now. I'll give you a year, 2013. 2013. That was when he was on Miami. So he had gone through the Pacers that year. Is it a Pacer coach? Frank Vogel? No, it was Jim Boylan. Was he, is that a Pacer coach? Uh, if I recall, it was not Jim Boylan coached. Um, he coached the box. Okay. So just give him to me. All right, uh, Vinny Del Negro uh, after suffering a 4-1 loss in 2010, and Michael Curry uh, 4-0 after sweeping him in 2009. So, the, so, so technically you said six. Uh, technically, it's like I said, technically it's six, but Jason Kidd's kind of that bubble one because he wasn't officially fired. Um, I'm going to counter that and say I am correct at seven because when LeBron lost. David Black got fired. That's true. That's that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll give you that. I'll give you that. <laughs> Minus five stars. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. He's, uh, so, so if you're wondering why the uh, unemployment numbers technically spike up, maybe uh, you know early summer because LeBron James is getting people canned. <laughs> you, but here's what blows me away. Is, you know, I know I said, look, until he gets beat, you, you can't go against Cleveland. But I stand by my point that I don't, I, I don't think they're getting to the finals. And I know I had said Philly before, but look, look at the, look at these situations. When they played the Pacers, and the Pacers, the Pacers played such a different game that Cleveland couldn't keep up. Not only did Cleveland have to go to seven with that team. All four of their wins were within, like, a bucket or two. All three of their losses, they were blown out. Mm. Two of those close one- or two-bucket games, one was in overtime, and two was on a wide-open Oladipo shot. So, realistically, that series could have been over in five. Yeah. Against the Pacers. They got blown out by, like, 30 on their home court in game one. So, you look at this Cleveland team. They... They lucked out. I'm 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 truly saying they got lucky against Indiana because Oladipo had a chip on his shoulder and nobody expected that. And that's the most dangerous thing you can have is you know this guy who comes out of nowhere and 
and changes the landscape. I mean, he might have put himself into an all-NBA spot. He might get all-NBA third team. He might knock Clay Thompson out. You know, so oh, I, I don't I don't even see that happening. Just as I, I but yeah, I, he's you're definitely right. You're I'll, I'll say that you're definitely right. He played out of his mind. Do we want to place a wager on Oladipo making an All NBA team? Do I get odds on that? No, he's gonna make one. I'm I'm just oh. saying like I just I I just don't see Clay being bumped out because of it. Well, but well, you got to figure you only get six guards. Who's not? Who's who 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 makes it in? You only get six guards. Well, obviously, uh, you you got Stephen Harden, you got yep. Westbrook, Demar Derozan, yep, Paul. So so how does so? And then if you put in Oladipo, that's six. Sorry, Clay, you just got bumped. I put I yeah, but do, do you got Chris Paul in there also, right? Uh, I mean, he could. I, I think he's feasible. Uh, Dame Lillard played out of his mind this year. Yeah. How do you I, not? I, I, how do you I, not? I, not I, Peter Lillard? Yeah, but these are all people I I put all. Before both of them, to be honest. <laughs> so I mean, but yeah, it's just uh, just interesting. I I, I I agree. I agree. El Depot and I agree. LeBron could easily be beaten and uh, and man, so, uh, or or honestly, let's be honest. He carried this team to get him this far. He did. He did. So so let's give him. His, I'll give him his due. You know, he he willed that team to win a series that they had no business winning. Then in Game One, the Rockets were not scared they were not affected by the the lebron treatment they usually get and what did they do they gave the game away when they were blowing them out and they missed three chances to win in 40 seconds and then missed two more in overtime that completely phased that team out and they got smoked from there on out i think if toronto wins game one it's a different series i'm not saying they win but i don't think they get blown out three in a row and Dwayne casey gets fired i think I think one of two things happened with the Dwayne Casey thing is one, he panicked and changed his entire game plan, which caused them to get smoked, go down two zero and have to go to Cleveland, or that team just wasn't responding to him. And it's much easier to get rid of a co- coach than to try to trade your backcourt and rebuild the team. You know what I mean? Which they still could. Um, so now we go in and we we see the same Cleveland team that's not a good team aside from LeBron, take on a team like the Boston Celtics who have no Kyrie and have no Gordon Hayward, but they have a guy who I cannot believe didn't even get one coach of the year vote and is, is turning into the, the Bill Belichick looking in, in, in the NBA here. And what does he do? He goes into a game plan that says, all right, every time LeBron touches the ball, Marcus Morris, who looks like the LeBron killer, jump on him and we're going to double up with one of the wing guys, maybe even triple. We're going to make him get rid of the ball. And once he gets rid of the ball, we're going to make Kyle Korver and J.R. Smith and Kevin Love beat us. And what happened when they made him do that? They smoked him. Listen to this stat line. LeBron James goes uh, 5 for 16, 0 for 5 from the three-point line. Seven boards, nine assists, which is awesome, two blocks, seven turnovers, and is a minus 32. A minus 32. Wow. The next highest minus player was J.R. Smith at a minus 17. He was almost more than double because of how well Brad Stevens constructed a way to defend LeBron James. Can it be done for the whole series? I don't know. Will Boston win because of this? I don't know. 
But I can definitely tell you that I have a much different outlook of this team with the way that they played LeBron James. And I'll tell you this, too, lastly, before you jump in. You know, we had talked about what might Kawhi Leonard do. Boston's got all these picks and assets. Maybe Boston makes the move for him. If I'm Boston, I don't trade nothing for Kawhi Leonard. I don't do anything for Paul George. I go, look, Al Horford is the most underrated power forward in the NBA at this point. He's incredible defensively. He makes all the shots you need. We have two small forwards and Josh, uh, uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, who are 20 and 21. And let's not forget we're getting Hayward and Irving back. We don't need to do anything. If they beat Cleveland and they manage to, you know, get to the finals, not win, but if they can, they can handle Cleveland as a Laker fan, this is the best thing for us to have LeBron leave Cleveland because if he looks at Boston and knows that he's going to get slapped staying in Cleveland every year by Boston, there's no reason for him to stay there because the Cavs are not going to get any better. There's no, I don't know how they're going to get him more help. And Boston, if they beat Cleveland this year and they put him out without having their two best players, watch out Eastern Conference. Yeah, no, I, I agree 120%. Uh, and you know, Horford, though, the, the only downside, obviously, is he is 31. Uh, he'll be turning 32 next month. Um, that's that's really the only downside. You can still probably get maybe two more years out of him if you can um, uh, if if you can if you can squeak if you can squeak some good good basketball out of him. Um, you know, well, two years tops. Thirty minutes though, which is nice. I mean, they're. Oh, yeah. they're him so well that they're reserved. You know, he could have a Paul Gasol type type run. He could get five more years. I mean, has he really? I you know, don't quote me on this. You're you're better at the research. But I mean, I don't even remember Horford really having any kind of a catastrophic injury to slow him down. No, he's, uh, there was uh, the 2011-2012 season. He only played 11 games. Uh, but otherwise, uh, well, and the. Uh, uh, 2013, 2014, he only played 29 games. So a couple, a couple of years with with, uh, with some injuries there. But uh, man, he otherwise he he is pretty serviceable when he does play. He plays at least 70 games um, or right around there. Uh, 2015, 2016 being the only year he played the full season. His rookie year and uh, one other year he played 81 games. Okay. You know his durability is not terrible, but but his 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 stat lines are going down. I mean, uh, just, you know, he's uh, averaging 12.9 points uh, this year, you know, in the year where he averaged uh, less minutes overall in 30.5, he did 15, uh, 15.2 points when he played for Atlanta. And that was that 2014, 2015 season where they, they actually uh, had a decent run in the playoffs. So, so let me ask you this then. Okay. So like tonight, he only plays 27 minutes, but he goes eight for 10. Yeah. His only two misses were were threes that he took. He went two for four from the, excuse me, two for four from the arc. So he was eight for eight otherwise from the field. With the fact that he's got Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving and Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and now we're seeing you know Marcus Morris, Terry Rozier, Marcus Smart, you know guys like that. I mean they're so deep. Brad Stevens doesn't need to play him. I think it's a, and I don't think he's a guy that that is ever going to say anything or care. Because he knows his, you know, he he's knows what he's what he signed up for. I I love the way that they're that Brad Stevens is using him. Yeah, 
I, I agree. I, Brad Stevens definitely uh, definitely has impressed me since he's joined the NBA and uh, and continues to do so, especially with obviously the injuries that have taken place this year, um, some of the uh, you know the trades that have occurred. Like you know, as far as the coach kind of handling it with grace and uh, and poise, uh, he's certainly proving it, and uh, he'll be one to watch on the, on the, at least on the sidelines too. Uh, it's a team that's destined to at least I think they're going to win this series. Uh, LeBron's too tired and he doesn't have enough help. Doesn't have enough help that's consistent or or, or cognitive of, of obviously what they're what what uh, he is shouldering and it's kind of uh, it's kind of sad to see it to be honest. Yeah, it's 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 rough and it's it's a guy. It, you know, in a way, without the injury, this reminds me of this reminds me of the 2014 I think it was season when Kobe willed the Lakers to the playoffs, tore his ACL because D'Antoni had him playing 45 minutes a game at that age. And he did, you know, he, I mean, or, you know, whether D'Antoni did it or, or he just said, I'm doing it. But LeBron is doing what reminds me of just that. And it's, it's where I'm wondering, obviously, game one, if it's a cognizant of what we're getting, you know, there's only so much a person can do. No, and, you know, I, I know people want to argue him and, you know, him as, as the greatest player of all time. But, you know. You, you're a human being when it's all said and done, and the body can only do so much after so many years. I mean, you look at how many playoffs games this guy's played. He's probably played an extra two seasons. Yeah, uh, pretty damn good. Uh, you know, <laughs> going. It's that's just. I mean, you it, figure eight years the playoffs, straight going to the, something special. Period. You figure eight years straight going to the going to the finals. Or whatever it would be. Yeah, this would be eight years that they do it. Even if he doesn't go this year, you're adding an extra probably 20, 20 plus games a year. That's two more seasons. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy to think about. Yeah. That, so, it is. what do you are you going? Do you think who's winning the series? I, I do think the Celtics. Just based on that first game, I don't like. I think we'll see a game with LeBron doing LeBron things, but uh, I feel like this might be uh, the year where uh, kind of that end of an era moment, like like when Detroit got us in five. Mm-hmm. You know, no, didn't they stole one? Us? And, oh, did uh, we no, steal one? Kobe, Kobe had a, uh, a last-second shot that uh, that won him a game. Um, Praise Kobe. But, Praise yeah. Kobe. <laughs> yeah, respect, <laughs> yeah. The only thing that saved us from getting swept. Um, but uh, but I digress. I'm a Clipper fan. Go Clippers. All right. Uh, yeah. Go. Uh, <laughs> go. Go hang out with Chuck the Condor, you dolt. I'm going to drive my Kia Sorento right into the Staples Center. Park it right next to <laughs> the old parking spot left by Blake Griffin. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think about... Um... Real quick, let's go to the other side here, and then I, I, I want to talk a couple names here while we're just talking basketball because this, you know, we got a little bit extra time that we didn't think we'd have. Um, yeah. Are you going Celtics Warriors? Yeah, yeah, and and Warriors, Warriors all day. Do you do you think? Or I shouldn't say do you think. As as a as, as a Laker fan, is it is it bad that I'm cheering for the Celtics because I feel like it can help the Lakers? Uh, I don't, I don't think it's, I, I think no matter what happens, the Celtics are going to hold Pat. Um, so yeah, no, no, that's I, not I think, what I'm asking. Is, but, but that's the thing, it's like, I think, I think it's, I think it's bad because of that, because, because I think you're, you're, you're hoping too much in my opinion 
uh, and then and then throwing some love to the Celtics, to the to the to the green uh, the green and white enemy. Because <laughs> I'm hoping by by them winning that we get the king to come over in the purple and gold. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I'm like. I'm trying to justify cheering. I I know I know you are I know you are, but there's there's no need. There's just just watch some good basketball. Watch watch potentially this beginning, either either the beginning of his his rise from the ashes or the continuing of the rise from the ashes for LeBron James and what could be his best season ever, or or the beginning of the end. It could be the beginning of the end. Think about that. That's why he needs to go to a team with a bunch of young bucks who can do the job for him. Then he can win us at the end. I'm telling you, man. I get it. I, why why can't I enjoy great basketball while hoping the Lakers? Come on, man. The, the the correct answer. Ask ask me to ask me ask me any question, any anything that involves anything in the world, and I will give you the answer, and it will make sense with what I just said to you. Ask me any pop culture. Trivia question. Anything. History. American history. Are you, are you going to turn it? You're going to turn it. If I ask you anything, you're going to be like, oh, it's because they, we need to get LeBron James at the end of it, is kind of thing. Like, is that, is that what this just, game is? Give me an American history question. Just try me. Uh, I, you know, I'll, here, I got a question. Why did the Browns sign their fifth quarterback in the last two months? No, no, no but that's, you, can't, you can't talk about the NFL. Kind oh, of, kind of, you said in history. No, American history. America that, that happened in America. <laughs> I the, the, the day Kennedy was shot, that happened in America too. What, what what's up with the you know, what are your thoughts on was it Lee Harvey Oswald? I Kobe. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> See, that's how you need to know. Look, look, man, what do you think about world hunger, Jordan? Kobe. Next question. You know. Hey. What, how how do we how do we raise minimum wage in America? Man, the Mamba system. I mean, come on. There's just one answer to all of this, and it always stems back to the Lakers. This is Laker mentality, and I need to get your stupid head out of this Clipper Daryl Chuck the Condor and just stop stop talking about the Clippers as much as you're not even serious and come and brace. And we need to just. Go into this summer. This this summer is about rejoicing and excitement and and being a baby. We 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 oh, style me. Uh, you know, um, July first has got to be a day. But what really makes it even better, and this is something we can tie to the Lakers even, because because damn it, we just suddenly started talking Lakers, and I don't care. This is how it's gonna go. I hope that ain't you texting me. Oh, okay, great. I like that. I, I mean, uh, you know, you know what I want to tell you about free agency, Jordan. With that, I'll tell you next. I'll tell you next. Missing out on an awesome show sucks. SeatGeek is an app that lets you track your favorite artists and notifies you when they announce new shows nearby. You can even connect your favorite music services so that you never miss out again. SeatGeek. The smart way to buy tickets. Fan of pro wrestling like we are? Yes! We got you covered. Yes! From WWE, yes! New Japan, yes! Ring of Honor, yes! Impact, Lucha yes! Underground, yes! All Japan, and yes! more. We're talking yes! the highs and lows in pro yes! wrestling. Heck, yes! we're even giving you people yes! from the Okadas and Omega. 
We're even yeah. talking the Bone Soldiers yeah. and Enzo Amoris. No. Sorry, no. Daniel. We'll stick to guys like this. Everything is evil. Ryan Cook here, and you can check me out along with my co-host Alex Mello each Monday night, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on the Strong Style Media Network. Okay, I'm going to get that jersey for Steven. Oh, that Michigan sweatshirt is perfect for Susie. Ryan is going to love this hat. Fanatics.com has great gifts for all the sports fans in your life. Go to Fanatics.com right now and get free shipping and up to 10% cash back on absolutely everything. Every sport, every team. Fanatics.com, where sports fans shop. Calling all fight fans worldwide. My name is Elijah McNeil, and I'm one half of the best boxing podcast on the net. The one and only Standing Eight Count Radio. Do you like hard-hitting commentary, analysis, and banter? Tune in on Sundays at 10 p.m. with my co-host, Ryan the Technical Legend Cook, and I break it down. That's Standing Eight Count Radio, 10 p.m. Sundays, Strong Style Media. Alexa, call Ashley. Yeah, it's about time you call that girl. No, 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 he just talked to that girl two hours ago. You gotta let love marinate. Put love in that bag to marinate. Mmm, love gonna be in that bag like, mmm, I can't wait to talk to him tomorrow. What? And then, after it marinates, no, no. you're gonna pull it out. Jamie, who's Alexa? Say it! Say it, Jamie! You Alexa, that's right. I'm Alexa. Thanks, guys, but I'll take it from here. I got the summer on lock in the winter too. Let me show you what a winner do. Stay sun, but you broke while you front. We the topic of the summer on lock. Oh, we got it on lock for sure because the purple and gold are rising from the ashes. That's the real story. <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> that bad, bro. Hey, uh, shout out! Shout out to that woman who who suddenly sounded like a dude uh, and said, "I got to get that Michigan sweatshirt for Jordan." Uh, yeah, that was during that. Best up. Yeah, I, saw that. I, that. I almost I almost headbutted my mic. I was like, "Oh, I always remember I wanted to do this," and then I. <laughs> I was like, "Man, I, I know I made these myself, and it didn't say that." Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I can help it. Uh, I'm having a good of a time tonight. So, obviously, uh, I don't know if you heard, there's there's other playoffs going on. Are you intentionally avoiding these to to watch a DVR or what? No, no, no. We can we can go to those. I just since we were talking uh, NBA, I was just I just kind of wanted to ask you a couple a couple uh, just a couple players, but we can save it for next week. Just if you would just remind me. Um, that that. This off, I, I, I'm, I'll say this. I think this off season we may see more players change teams than we've ever seen. And when I say change teams, I mean star players change teams. I'm just, I'm calling it right now. So let's do this then. Um, 
if we wrap up before midnight, we'll just close out shop. We'll talk and the NHL playoffs and wrap it up. But you got to you got to remind me that next week I want to talk some NBA free agency preview, and I'm going to put together a list of what I was thinking about tonight because there's a lot of interesting interesting things to talk about. And look, we're 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 like a non-affiliated second home for the Lakers that we don't advertise. But as much as I can sneak it in, I sneak it in. Next week I'm putting it on the run sheet, Jordan. So just remind me, does that that work? Uh, yes, it will pencil it in on the run sheet. Okay, that's what I like to hear. Uh, yes, uh, I I will turn it over to you, so that way I cannot somehow stir this to the Lakers and let you uh, take control of the show. Uh, my apologies for getting off course, but this summer, well, you know, let me say one last thing. I have officially <laughs> made I made my bet. They yeah, and and it doesn't involve hockey, so that's why I thought I should say it right now. Okay, I am putting two fifty of my 5,000 on the Warriors plus two at a minus 110 on Wednesday. Okay. Okay. Warriors plus two. And I also made a second bet. You ready for the second let's see, bet? Let's hear the second one. I am betting $500, a tenth of my money, with a plus 375 that LeBron will join the Lakers in the offseason. I get plus 375 that he will be a Laker. I'm putting okay. my money where my mouth It's It's right there. It's right there. Okay. You got it. Write it, write it down. It. Write him down. Oh, I wrote, you, you, you have 20 minutes to make your bet till, still, so don't forget. But now I will officially close my mouth. The Laker door has closed. All right. And it is left for the week. And it will be gone until next Tuesday at 10 p.m. Central standard time, but probably not talked about until the second hour because we got more NFL next week. Uh, let's see. The uh, 271 miles away from the Lakers are his, uh, uh, <laughs> our, one of our favorite places in the world is uh, Las Vegas. Uh, tied it up tonight. It's kind of a big deal. 3-1. Three, one. Three, one. Three to one Golden Knights over the Jets. Get some scores going. They tie it up. Uh, let's see. Uh, March Assault uh, got, uh, let's see, two goals. Uh, let's see. Tatar got a goal. Oh, man. Thomas Tatar, too. They gave up a lot for him at the trade deadline, thinking that that was going to be a guy that could really come in and make some impactful scoring. I thought it was a bad move. I'm not going to lie with the amount of picks they gave up to get a guy like Thomas Tatar because he makes some money, and he is definitely not worth that contract. And, I mean, look, it took him until game two of the conference finals to get his first goal. Um, definitely a bust. And I'm tying that back to what I said. If they were going to throw away draft picks, they should have got Eric Carlson. Hmm. It, but got him to win tonight. Season's, uh, or the season, rather. The uh, series is tied up. Uh, getting ready to go into game three. Uh, does anything change? Are we still cheering for the Knights here? Or what do we got going on? Yeah, I, I, I would uh... – I'd like to see the Knights win. I, you know, once again, I said before, I'm not, I'm not really mad if Winnipeg wins either. I think they're a good story. They're a really fun team to watch. I do think, though, if you're looking the Stanley Cup and you want ratings on NBC primetime, I think that Vegas team getting in the Cup is, would be the, the answer over Winnipeg. I think Winnipeg might be a funner team to watch. 
But I think Vegas as an expansion team is the number one story in, in all of sports, not just hockey right now. And I think them in the Stanley Cup would be awesome. Uh, you know, switching sides here, and you said you wouldn't be mad. Uh, let's talk about something you might be slightly mad about. Uh, your Tampa Bay Lightning down 0-2 to the Capitals, getting shellacked. Uh, only uh, only four goals between the two games, two goals each. Uh, otherwise, uh, they're definitely getting outscored. Uh, what uh, What's the issue here? Uh, what's What gives them any chance to come back from here? Uh, I, I mean – you can't count them out with how well they played against Boston. You know, yes, they lost both games at home, and that is huge. I think they're definitely backed against the wall right now. I don't know if they can come back from this. But if if you take away the the, the, the bulk of the scoring, they've almost been outplaying them. And I say that because if you look, six seconds left in the first period, Ovechkin scores. Two minutes, 2.40 into the second, Jay Beagle scores. And then just four minutes later, Lars Eller scores. So they lit up three goals in game one in a six-minute stretch. The other 54 minutes, they, they were outscoring them 2-1. to one. You get to game two, and, and not to mention they keep putting Washington on the power play. But you, you look at game two, they let up a goal 28 seconds into the game, which was a complete fluke that they never do. Um and then immediately, they right after, two, though. Well, yeah, they did. That's 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 where I'm going here. Um, so yes, they score the next two. But then you look at Lars Eller. A minute left in the second scores. Three seconds left in the period. A minute later, Kuznetsov scores. Ovechkin just three minutes into the next period scores. So right there again, they let up another three goals that completely changed the entire landscape of the game in a three-minute span. So they're letting up. Goals that are beat, they're laying up three goals in in just bang, bang, bang succession. You get rid of that and it changes the whole outlook of these games. Because now you take those away, game one's a much different game. It's now a 2-1 game or 2-2 if only one of those goes in. You look at the game last night, there were bad goals they let up on all three of those. Two of them in a minute span, you know, next to each other. They they were you know they only got outshot by two goals or two shots so they they were out you know what it reminds me of Jordan the easiest way to say it without you know saying this to you if, in case you didn't watch it it's like watching mm. the wild they're out playing mm. them and then they let up three goals in like two minutes and then they lose by a goal or two and you're like well how did that happen they just stopped they they forgot how to play hockey for a five minute stretch. You know, but that's that's the thing, though. You got to play to the whistle. This is playoff hockey. You know that, and that there's, oh. you know, you can. I mean, that's you, you can't blame that on on luck. I mean, these these are world class players. You're talking about. You, I, well, I know, but I'm just saying. You know, a quick goal, take this away here, take that away. Alexander Ovechkin obviously getting the scoring going because that's what he's going to do. Uh, you know, got two points on the night. Uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov gets three points on the night. Uh, Lars Eller, uh, you know, gets, what's that? Who's Netsov, Kyle? Oh, my bad. <laughs> what did I say? Kyle with Kutsinov. <laughs> ah, it's close. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess it's uh, you know, you know, but on the other side, you know, you're 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 still getting them from your guy too. You, you got him. Uh, actually, I was thinking of uh, uh, Nikita. Also, you got you know points out of Kucherov. You got Stamkos who's getting his done. But then after that, you know, you don't, you're not getting the same uh, the same level from some of the other guys like Braden. Uh, well, Braden Point handled business, but uh, 
you know, Chris Kunitz every once in a while, I expect to see some things for JT Miller. I expect to see some things for Look, you're 100% correct, and that's why I'm nervous. I'm I'm not using the quick goals as, as an excuse. What I'm saying is that's not what this team does. They yeah. don't let up quick goals. It, it takes a, a barrage of, of force to get through this team and score. Part of the reason Tampa has been better than everyone is because they have depth. The depth is not showing up, and when that front line is not out there with Kucherov, Stamkos, nobody else is doing anything. And it's evident when they leave the ice and the other team's putting in three goals until that team comes back, you know, until that front line comes back with Hedman and McDonough at defense. That's my problem. And you can't let that happen back-to-back on the road and expect to win four of the next six games or four of the next five games. That's where my problem comes in is they're not playing the hockey that I've seen them play all year. And if you're going to choke like that, and let up quick goals and not have an answer, you you may not get back to Tampa. Yeah. Well, you know, if, you know. Here's the other thing that I find kind of interesting about this too is, obviously, they're doing it without Backstrom too. Mm-hmm. But, but mean, you know, this is this is a team in Washington that when they get rolling, they have a lot of underrated weapons that that get the dirty goals. You know, you look at the first goal last night that happened. It was a tip-in goal. So they they get dirty goals done where you, you have guys like, you know, Ovi and, and Kuznetsov and, and you're seeing guys like that, Matt Niskanen firing from the point and they're getting these, these tippins. You know, Tim Wilson, like I said, thirty seconds into the game scores because Kuznetsov and Niskanen are just firing shots. That's what this team does well, where they get to pick up the slack. You know, you you see the fancy scoring when it comes to Ovechkin and guys like that. So, yes, the backstrom thing does hurt, but they, they backload so well. And they play to a strength that Tampa is good at defending because they clean up around the net. But for whatever reason, I don't, you know, I, I thought it was going to be just a game one hangover like it was against Boston having a week off. And, you know, as we saw with Boston, they came back and won four in a row. I yeah. think Washington's hungry, man. It's, you know, it, you know, we talked about it last week, finally beating Sidney Crosby. This team's rolling, and I think they got Tampa in a funk that Tampa hasn't seen before. And it could cost them. I mean, if Tampa's... Tampa has to win one of these two games. And I don't mean that just because obviously, well, duh, if they don't, they get swept, but they got to get this series back to Tampa and, and get that win in Tampa. Because if you, if you go back to Tampa, it's three, one, you make it a three, two game. You've now got some momentum. If you can, if you can manage to bring it home for game seven and take two of three in Washington, I think that brings the momentum back to your side. The problem is, they, they're not playing 60 minutes of hockey. They're forgetting the, the last five to 10 minutes of playing a full 60. And we're seeing it when these barrage of goals come in out of nowhere over and over and over in five minute stretches. That's not how the lightning play. And it's not going to get them a victory at all. And, and they're going to, you know, they're going to be lucky to make it to the weekend at this rate. You know, this thing could be over Thursday. Do you think, uh, I mean, obviously you think it could be over by Thursday. Uh, obviously, 
big moment, a uh, bigger moment. Uh, do you think, uh, and, and, and not to certainly take the severity out of either, you know, the, the tragedy that did occur, but big, a bigger moment in hockey, uh, Vegas being the, uh, the expansion to potentially go all the way or Ovi getting his first one after all these years playing, uh, you know, playing the second fiddle to uh, obviously one Sidney Crosby. I think to hardcore hockey fans, the Ovechkin thing is definitely big, but I'd be an idiot if I didn't say Vegas. Yeah. You know, the tragedy happens. They're an expansion team, and they, they come in and win. You know, but, but once again, you know, there's, you know, there's there's other people who have have agreed with my testament that this Vegas team doesn't feel like an expansion team to me because they didn't, as you as you mentioned, they didn't have a second team to draft against. You know, you also look back at these other drafts. When the Minnesota Wild drafted, teams got to keep, like, 15 players. You know, they got to keep six or seven this time. So yeah. they did get, you know, they they got to put together a team that's better than half the NHL. And, you know, I joked about it with you in Vegas that, look, on paper, I I think that this team is much better than these odds give it. But I didn't put on it because I was, I was that not confident. I'm like, yeah, it looks good, but we all know how paper looks. The Wild yeah. do it every year. <laughs> you know? it's, this team is put together well, and they got a good, they got a good office. And, you know, so, you know, and, and hockey experts have said this too, that, you know, people, you know, as good of a story as this is, people shouldn't discredit how good this team really is, and it's not a fluke because they were able to put together a good team. But regardless of that, for the casual fans, if you mean to tell me a team from Vegas could come in and win their first year, it's, it's going to pop a number. And, I, and that's what you want as, as, you know, if you're Gary Bettman, you know, you want to pop a number. As much as I, was, I think a Tampa Bay, Winnipeg, Stanley Cup would be extremely entertaining for how fast those teams are, Ovechkin versus Vegas is – probably the best thing for the NHL. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. You you get two two completely different um storylines, both sport you get the off sport, you get uh you know, you get the Russia connection, you get uh, it's 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 oozing with story opportunities for writers of every angle, um and, and worthy of the time. Uh, obviously uh Batman loving to uh you know show off individual players I'm sure will screw it up. Uh, but, uh, <clears throat> I, I digress. Uh, you want to talk a, a little, a couple, a couple baseball nuggets. <laughs> you want to hear this tweet swaggy P said, uh, sure. If Gary Payton could shoot like Curry and Detlef shrimp can do a KD do and Hershey Hawkins was clay and Kemp could make the play like Draymond green, the bulls still win. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably right. He's, and, he's probably right. I, I like it too because he's poking fun at his own team. Yeah, I like it. I like it's super funny. Uh, I'm you know as as much as he's um, he, considered a polarizing figure in sports, also I got love for Swaggy P. He's 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 like Manny being Manny. You know, it's Swaggy being Swaggy. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe like Shohei being Shohei, uh, on eleven K against the Twins or whatever. Eleven Ks against the Twins. 
I'm still I'm, I keep waiting for this uh, potential shoe to drop here, but three wins to get the no decision could have had four. Uh, you know, 32 innings pitched combined, uh, ERA uh, 3.5, not bad. No, and, and you got to look at too the the AL is always going to have higher ERAs, and people don't seem to re- remember that because of the DH. You know, a yeah. lot of people go. Well, David Price or, you know, Rick Porcillo has a bad ERA. Yeah, but he's facing a DH and not a pitcher. It's such yeah. a different thing. But not not to interrupt, but I was no, just making fine. that point for our listeners. And, and, and obviously, uh, you know, he got another ding. Uh, he got another uh, another good hits uh, as far as it goes. He's got five home runs on the year already. <laughs> 16 rubies. It, it, I'm going to say this. If he finishes the season with, you know, and you can you can do the math on what his K's would be because of that, mm-hmm. and hits twenty home runs, is he not the MVP of the season of the AL? Uh, oh yeah, I, I I don't know how you couldn't. It's incredible, I, and I know people are going, well, it's only twenty home runs or it's only twelve wins. It's the same guy doing both of them. Yeah, <laughs> like it's incredible. Yeah. No, I, I absolutely. Uh, I I find it uh, just I find it beautiful to be honest. I, I I don't know another word to describe it. I just think uh, I just think that it's just I I think it's refreshing. It's just the best thing to say about it. You're seeing a pitcher hit. Like a, like you expect a pitcher to hit, you would think a, you know you always hear somebody say ah you think a pitcher would know how to hit, but you know what I mean like they don't or they, at least they stop after uh, <laughs> after college like it's it's one of those things. Dude, they need to even more um, bring out a pitching home run derby like they've been talking because we know Bumgartner and Kershaw can hit the ball. I'm gonna um, blow your mind right now. I see he has five home runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greg Maddox, National League pitcher. Uh, let's see, 1,812 plate appearances. How many home runs? Three, uh, zero. Five. Five, wow. <laughs> I thought, five maybe, in, I thought five would be too easy. In 23 years. Can you see, if you got a baseball reference or whatever, how many uh, home runs Bumgartner and Kershaw have? For their uh, yeah, for their career, oh yeah, yeah. I'll I'll pull that up right now. Uh, uh, why not? I think I think all of Madison it. Bumgarner's homers might be off of uh, off of Kershaw. Yeah. To be <laughs> well, there was a game last year that Bumgarner parked one off of Kershaw, and I think Kershaw then parked one off of Bumgarner in the same game. Might have yeah, even been the same. It, it it happened. Yeah, I remember. I remember watching that game, and I was like, "Yeah, I like that." Uh, Seventeen dingers by uh, Bumgarner. Nine years in the league. Uh, Hell yeah! He did. He did have a year actually with five home runs. He's got more than Jason Tyner ever had. <laughs> I'll never forget when Tyner hit a home run. The very next game, they're like, Tyner steps to the plate. Defense going back because he's a home run threat now. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Tiger was the epitome of it was like watching Willie Mays Hayes in Major League Two when he's like oh, I developed a love and he can, and he would park it 
and it would just go right to the warning track. And then finally, after the third, after the third time, he throws the ball in, and uh, the dude from Nash Lampoon's like, "Bite me, Belmonte!" And he's all mad at the White Sox for catching it. <laughs> um, the uh, Bumgarner uh, also 15 ribbies uh, for a career best for him uh, in a single uh, single season. 54 on his nine year career. Not bad. Doing all right. I like Madison. <laughs> what about uh, what about Kirk? All right, let's see what let's see what you guys got here. I know he Clayton probably doesn't Kershaw. have Kershaw. he's been in the you know he's been in the league uh, eleven years altogether. Uh, let's see, batting, 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 batting. You're gonna be a little disappointed with your boy. Uh, only one home run. What? I thought he hit way more than that. Nope, one homer. Huh. For some reason, I thought, does he have a decent batting average or, like, RBIs or hits? Because I feel like he's not a bad hitter. Uh, in 2013, he had 10 ribbies, one dinger. That's when his one was. Uh, three, tri- three, three doubles, rather. And then uh, a slew of hits. Nothing, nothing to write home about. Matt, Madison's the better batter. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, you know, I, I'll take that. You know, Madison Baumgartner can can have the batting. Kershaw is the greatest ERA pitcher since like 1908. And then his team, his, or excuse me, then his coaching staff decides to keep Pedro Baez and Jeff Blanton around and ruin everything. Anyway, I'm going to get into a, a, a long rant if I do that. Um, the, the Dodgers have the reverse Shohei Otani. You you know what you know we can even call this and I'm just gonna flip this out just for the end of the show here. Um, I got one of these for you here. Let's hear it. Have you ever heard of Pat Vendetti? Uh, no, no, I'm not. He was a. Uh, he sounds like a character and uh, might might wear a sleeveless shirt and a mullet. <laughs> thirty-two years old. He's been in the league for two years. He comes out of Creighton. Uh, he was on the Mariners last year. Right now, he came in the other day and uh, let up a hit and then a home run. He's not do, he's not too good. I don't like him on the team. Uh, he's got a 10.8 ERA with two strikeouts, um, not doing what he should be doing. Uh, he has a, his last seven days. He has 1.2 innings pitch, three hits, two earned runs. So, uh, not a big fan. But what is interesting is uh, I can't remember who came up to the plate on the Reds, but uh, it was uh, it was a righty or it was a lefty. So you know he you know he's, he throws left at him. And then uh, lets up a hit. And then Joey Votto, who's a righty, comes to the bat. And then he pitches right to Joey Votto, who parks a two-run homer. Uh, Pat Vendetti pitches left and a switch pitcher. Oh, uh, what happened to the other guy that was doing that? That was supposed to be the real deal. I, I don't know. Uh, Vendetti yeah. has the flattest, widest glove I've ever seen, so it can work with both hands. He, like... I feel like he has to do more glove changes than Jim Abbott did when he was pitching. Oh, geez. Jim Abbott got a no-no <laughs> but, on his own, though. Yeah, Jim Abbott was also tight. Pat Vendetti. I remember, man, there was like Gosh. before Sports Center did all those little vignettes on everybody, but like his was tight. That dude. Was <laughs> I'm sure I got like a Fleer, a Fleer Jim Abbott poster somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got, a, I got one of those red border Dunruss '91 cards. Where, like, if you get the complete set, it's worth, like, $8 for all, like, 600 <laughs> cards in this. 
<laughs> I told you I was going to buy that that one day. That would have been great. We we had a great uh, great content generator. Uh, well, why don't you close this out on the night, my friend? Uh, next next Tuesday we'll be back normal time slot. We'll be talking some some free agency. We got a lot of fun to talk about. Uh, we may be having some of these playoffs wrap up to get to the finals. We'll talk that. Uh, I'm going to send some feelers out to see if we can get thing we've been trying to do for two weeks done next week along with the Cowboys. If not, excuse me, we'll be moving on to the AFC East and uh, seeing where rock and roll net. So we'll be in the East somewhere at the NFL. Uh, we'll have a lot of fun as always. A new get to know him as well coming next week. And be ready on the lookout tomorrow night. Uh, stay, stay out on the, the Twitter and the Facebook. Uh, we'll be having WrestleCast Radio. Alex will be live in studio. We got a jam-packed show and we may have some official news regarding uh, sportscast, uh, excuse me, WrestleCast, and a uh, and, uh, little all-in action, as we've been hinting at. So it should be a fun day. Jordan, thanks for jumping on Monday, doing the swap. We'll catch you next week. It'll be a lot of fun. Have a good night. Peace out. Mo-ta.